Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your favorite quarterback hater, Robert Mathis, and you're listening to the For the Culture Podcast. This is the For the Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Diamond, with my man, Jason Spears. Before we get into the Week 12 preview, if you haven't already done so, please subscribe to us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, Radio.com, iHeartRadio, Google Play, all your favorite podcasting platforms. Hit the like button, leave a comment, and turn on the notification bell so you get a notification every time we drop a podcast. Week 12, Round 2, Colts, Titans, the tied for first biggest game of the year for the Colts. We won round one a couple weeks back, just about a week and a half ago, against the Tennessee Titans. That game was in Nashville. This game is in Indianapolis. Huge game for both teams. We now have the upper hand, though, having won that first game, but we also already have a loss to the Jacksonville Jaguars. So with a win in this game, we take over. We have that double head-to-head advantage. AFC South record goes out the window. AFC record goes out the window. If it comes down to a tiebreaker and you have the double head-to-head, it's over. So this game is huge for the Colts because we could kind of put that final stamp on the division in terms of a tie where we might be a game ahead of the Titans after this matchup, but we'll be a game and a half up because they'll need to win one more game than us at the end of the year to win the AFC South. And then if you're the Titans, you could make that a wash. You could split with us in the season series, and they don't have an AFC South loss. We already lost to the Jaguars in week one. So then if you end up with the same record and they go out and they win in Jacksonville and they win in Houston, no matter what we do, if we tie and we have the same record, that second tiebreaker goes to the Tennessee Titans. So the last time we saw them, they were a game ahead of us and they were undefeated in the AFC South. It's a little bit different now. We're home. We have that advantage. We won round one. We have that advantage going into this round two, week 12 matchup with the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, and I said this from the beginning after we lost that horrible game in Jacksonville that that this division was going to come down to us beating this team twice. I mean, the only way... The only path to winning the division, in my opinion, at that moment was winning the rest of our AFC South games, and that started with winning these two games. And so Sunday, to me, if we win Sunday, our chances of winning the division are extremely high. If we don't win, I think they're extremely low. So I think this is the biggest game of the season. And it's it's funny because we keep saying that, but as the season goes on, the games get bigger and none are bigger than the one on Sunday. It is true, and all that goes out the window when we kick off on Sunday. Winning that first matchup, losing to the Jaguars, 7-3, both teams 7-3 through the first 10 games, all that's out the window, and it's Colts, Titans, round two, that's all that matters. Plus, the team that leaves this game will have that one game up, so we'll be a game back, plus we'll have that second loss in the division. So this is a huge, huge, huge game for the Colts, I would say it's sli- – I don't even know if you could say it's slightly less important than the first round when we played them a couple weeks ago in round one. So this is a huge game for the Colts. It's also a huge game for the Titans. One thing I will say, Jason, this game is much bigger for the Titans than round one between the Colts and Titans was for the Titans. But for the Colts, it's pretty much about the same in terms of the implications of winning this division and just making the playoffs, period, when you look at the crazy, jam-packed, competitive AFC wildcard picture. Yeah, I agree with you. Listen, the Jacksonville game, put I mean, it just put us in, in a horrible position division-wise. I hate to keep going back to that game because it was such a disaster. 
but it really put us behind the eight ball in a situation where we, we just can't afford to lose in the AFC South games. And so winning that first game, yeah, like you said, it, it was huge. It was it was way bigger for the Colts. And this game has the same. I mean, it 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 has the same meaning for the Colts, in my opinion. But it's also just as important for the Titans because they lost round one. So for me, the season and the division not 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 season. I won't say that. That's probably a little bit of a stretch. But the division definitely for me comes down to this game. If we win this game, I really think our chances of winning the division are extremely high. And if we don't win this game, I think the opposite. I think they're extremely low because that Jacksonville game killed us. Yep, I agree. And before we get into the offense, defense, and we go over the matchup with the Tennessee Titans, big injury report for the Colts this week. A lot of guys on it. Also a lot of guys on the Titans injury report as well. And that's just the part of the season we're in late now into November, almost December as Thanksgiving comes and goes. We're getting to a point 10 games in for both teams respectively where you're going to have injuries pile up as they have for both squads plus a little bit of COVID concerns with the Colts both three techs Autry and Buckner out this week with COVID positive tests so prayers go out to them and we hope they have quick and speedy and healthy recoveries but when you look at the Colts injury report we're not going to go over every guy just the guys who are questionable or out for Sunday. Ryan Kelly hasn't practiced all week with a neck slash whiplash concussion protocol, so he is questionable for the game on Sunday. Quinn Nelson with an ankle and back didn't practice on Wednesday or Thursday, but he was limited on Friday. He's questionable. I'm leaning towards him playing because he practiced today on Friday. Okariki hasn't practiced all week with an ankle. He will be out for the game on Sunday. Pascal, Rivers, and Willis all limited today. They will all be questionable. For the game against the Titans. And then Anthony Walker, full all week. He's listed as questionable. I expect him to play when you're full Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. You usually end up playing, which would be big because Okariki already listed out for the game on Sunday. Yeah, the three key guys, or there's four key guys I'm looking at here. I think Quentin plays. I don't see him missing this game. Kelly, I think, is 50-50. That, that's one I'm really... You know, I'm concerned about because I don't know where we go if he doesn't play. Is it Penner? Is it Hunt? Because Hunt's got experience with Seattle and started a bunch of games. Who knows where we go there? But I think that's probably a 50-50 thing. Maybe up to – I mean, could be a game-time decision. Uh, but as far as the three guys we have have out on defense, I mean, that that's killer. I mean, you, you're missing Buck, who is, to me, our best player on defense, the biggest difference maker on our defense. So that's a huge loss. I expect Grover – to actually slide over and play the three-tech and then have Stallworth play the one-tech in place of where Grover would normally play. And then you look at Okariki, that's another huge loss. He's been solid all year for us. Obviously, you're going to see Leonard, Walker, and I think probably Zaire Franklin at the Sam. And then a nickel, I think you're going to see Walker and Leonard. So that's going to be tough. We're going to have to really... I'm sure Fluce has already game-planned this up, but we're really going to have to help Walker there because he's not good in, in pass coverage. And Autry, I think, will be able to, will be able to get by with Lewis and Kamoko and, and Al-Qadim, those guys. I think we can get by because he's been playing defensive end for most of the year. So I think we're okay there. But, yeah, the rotation at defensive tackle is scary thin after the first two guys. I, I think you'll probably see Windsor get called up and maybe somebody else, because that's just, I mean, we, we are 
going against the guy. And so that's going to be a difficult matchup. And when you talk about, you know, not having Buck out there, I mean, that is just a huge loss. But that said, Grover has played at an all-pro level or at the bare minimum, a Pro Bowl level all year. So you slide him over, continue to get that effort from him. Stallworth has been good when he's played. So I think our starters should be okay, but it's the depth behind them. And we all know what Tennessee does is they wear you down with that running game. So that is my biggest concern. Are our two tackles getting worn down because we really don't have any experience depth behind them? So that's very concerning, but I still think this is a winnable game. Yep, and let's get into the Colts offense, who come into this game scoring 30-plus points in four out of our last five games and also winning those same four games in our last five, including the last time we played the Tennessee Titans. We also had that special teams touchdown, but we scored 34 points in that game, 34 points in the last two games against Tennessee and Green Bay. So instead of going through personnel, we just did a week and a half ago a preview between the Colts and the Titans as now we play them for the second time in three weeks. We're just going to go right into the three keys that we did last time that we have to do again this time if we want to complete the season sweep of the Tennessee Titans. And then one major key improvement that we didn't do last time that we have to do this time if we want to sweep the Tennessee Titans. So key number one, we did it last time. We have to do it again. Continue to mix it up offensively. Phillip Rivers threw 39 passes the last time we played them. He was 29 of 39. We had eight receivers catch at least one pass. We had seven receivers catch two-plus passes, and we had six receivers catch three-plus passes the last time we played the Titans. And then on the ground, 29 carries. Wilkins, Hines, and Taylor each had seven-plus carries. So we were extremely balanced. We really mixed it up the last time we played the Titans. And out of the eight receivers with one-plus reception, seven of them had 20-plus yards receiving. And the only guy not to have 20-plus yards receiving was Mo Ali Cox, who had 19 yards on the game. So we were extremely balanced, and we mixed it up really well. The last time we played the Titans, we got to do that again in round two. Yeah, absolutely. And Rivers was great last game and, and, and mixing the ball around and keeping them guessing. I'm really just keeping that defense guessing. It's not good to begin with. Their secondary is not very good, and, and they'll be without uh, their nickel corner, Dory Jackson, again this week. So it's, again, something that we can exploit. But, I mean, as far as just mixing up the plays, I mean, the, the, their defense really doesn't shut anything down. So I like our offense in this game, and I really like what we did in the last game, and I think if we can continue to do what we do, and, and by that I mean stick with what works. Don't try to get away from it. Sometimes Frank tries to outsmart himself and do cute little things like that stupid reverse in the Packers game. Just stick with what works. Last game, we kept them off balance. We had, you know, Hines was running well. Pittman was catching everything, mixing the ball around, and just, just really an efficient offensive performance in that last game. We need to see that again this Sunday if we want to get that dub. Key number two, continue to find the mismatches. The last time we played the Titans, Hines had 12 carries for 70 yards, averaging 5.8 yards per carry, had a touchdown on the ground, plus five receptions for 45 yards and a touchdown through the air, totaling 17 touches 
for 115 yards, averaging 6.8 yards per touch and two touchdowns. That was on his birthday. Had a great birthday performance against the Titans. And then we saw Michael Pittman kind of have his coming out party. Seven receptions on eight targets for 101 yards. His first and only to this point career 100 plus receiving yard day. We have to get those guys involved again. And we have to continue to find mismatches in this second matchup with the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, and there's a lot of mismatches with this team because, listen, they've got some injuries. Jayon Brown, their best their best linebacker, is now out for the year. So not only you mentioned Pitt and, and, and also Hines, who I think are both huge mismatches for them. They're missing their, their nickel corner and a dory. I mean, I think, I think Pitt could have another huge game. Hines was huge in the last game, like you mentioned. But I think, you know, people forget Doyle didn't play in the first game. I think our three tight ends could have a huge impact on this game because – you know, they're missing their best linebacker, and you can exploit them uh, in the middle of the field. So I, I would expect Mo Alley, the more healthy he gets, because people forget he's been playing injured. I think the more healthy Mo Alley gets, you're going to see him get more more involved in the offense. Burton's been what we thought he would be when he got healthy. He's been, he's been a nice part of this offense. And Doyle's just going to continue to be Doyle, do what he does. So I think there's mismatches all over the field for the Colts offense. I love the matchup between our offense and their defense, the key is just going to be not, you know, the self-inflicted wounds. We can't have that this week. This is a week we got to play like we did in the first game, like we mentioned, and just play smart, not beat ourselves. And we should be fine because, like we said, there's mismatches all over the field. They showed themselves in the first game, and they're even less healthy in this game. No Jadavion Clowney, no Jayon Brown. Those are two of their better players. And even if Clowney doesn't have any sacks, he still runs down plays from behind. He's very athletic. So he's still a solid overall player. So they're going to be without some guys. So I think the mismatches are there for the Colts to take advantage of, even more so in this game than in the first game. And key number three, no turnovers. The last time we played Tennessee, we did not turn over the football. And on the season, the Colts are 4-0 in games we don't turn over the football. We're 3-3 in games where we have one-plus turnover. Yeah, this is definitely the one we have to repeat, man, because this is – the biggest key to us winning. When we don't turn it over, we win, period. So Rivers has been outstanding versus Tennessee in his career. He's 8-2. and two, you know, He's got an 8-2 record against them. Uh, obviously was great in the first game. I think he's got an 18-touchdown-to-four interception ratio against Tennessee in his career. So he doesn't turn the ball over that much against them, knock on wood. So hopefully he doesn't – so hopefully he's, he, he's back – you know, hopefully he's healthy – and good to go and, and just, you know, goes out there and does what he normally does. And, uh, you know, which in the last four or five weeks has been ball out. So definitely the key to this game, and it's always the key with this team, is the turnover battle and not turning it over on offense. We're a different team. We can beat anyone when we play Colts football and we don't turn the ball over. And I mean anyone. So that is the biggest key to this game for me is just not turning it over and giving them short fields or giving that offense just points off time. You just can't do it against good teams. But, you know, in the, if we're just going to, if we could just repeat the way we played the first game, literally the offensive blueprint from that first game to this game, that would be beautiful because, I mean, we, we were efficient. We didn't turn the ball over. If we can do those things again, I really like our offense versus defense. No question. Keys one through three are basically holding serve. Mix it up. No turnovers. Continue to find mismatches. All three things, we did those in the first game. We have to hold serve. 
do them again, follow that same blueprint. One major improvement, the main key in terms of what we didn't do last time in week 10, what we have to do this time in week 12, get off to a fast start. We only scored three points in the first quarter in Tennessee on Thursday night football. We trailed 17-13 at the half, pitched a shutout defensively in the second half, but only 13 points on offense, only three in the first quarter. We have to get off to a faster start in this second matchup with the Titans. Yeah, and I really think putting, you know, jumping out on this team is the type of thing where you could put them really behind the eight ball with, with some of the situations that they have on their offensive line. They're starting their third, I think their third string left tackle. They've got some other questionable injuries as far as 50-50 guys that, that might not play. They could be without three of their five starting offensive linemen. So if we can jump out early offensively and put their offense you know, behind the eight ball and make them not make mistakes, they'll make mistakes. So I really like, you know, our team. I like this matchup. But the key to this game for me is we, we just cannot fall behind because that's when they're at their best. They'll run the ball and they'll keep running the ball. And they're, they're, they're able, Tannehill's able to kind of play off of that. And uh, so for us, the biggest thing is, is just, you know, coming out, playing fast, starting fast, and then staying on the gas for 60 minutes. Let's flip over now to the defensive side of the football for the Colts. Key number one where we need to hold serve against the Titans. We did it in the first matchup. Have to do it again in this matchup. Continue to limit big plays. Tennessee ran 60 plays on Thursday Night Football. They only had three plays of 20-plus yards with a long of 21. So we did a good job. Could we do a better job? Technically, yes. But we did a good job limiting the big plays from the Titans in that first matchup. And we have to duplicate it again in this one. Yeah, absolutely. And, and when you're playing Derrick Henry, you know any handoff can go 70 yards. I mean, the guy's unbelievable. So absolutely holding serve here and not allowing, you know, especially touchdowns. I mean, big plays are one thing, but big play touchdowns are another. So, you know, you might give up a 20-yard run here, 20-yard run there, 25-yard pass there. You know, those plays are going to have teams are going to make plays. But as long as they're not end zone plays, where the, where, the, where the play ends in our end zone, then we can fight through that. This team fights through adversity as good as any team in the league. So, again, as long as we can limit that, I think we'll be fine in this game. And, and, and really, we did an outstanding job in the first game with their big playmakers. And uh, if we do that again, we should be in good shape. Key number two, one of those big playmakers you just alluded to, we kept him in check last time. That was A.J. Brown. Have to do the same thing in this matchup. He did not practice on Wednesday or Thursday, but he was full today on Friday. So I expect, we don't know yet, but I expect him to be out there on Sunday. Only one reception, only one reception the last time we played them for 21 yards. That was the biggest play of the day for the Titans offense. But if we hold him to just one reception again in this matchup, I'll gladly make that reception 21 yards to just keep the ball out of A.J. Brown's hands. Because like you said, anytime Derrick Henry touches it, it could be a 70-yard rushing touchdown. Same thing with A.J. Brown. When the ball's in his hands and when they're targeting him a lot and he's catching a lot of passes, big things happen for that Titans offense. So again, just like two weeks ago in Week 10, we must keep A.J. Brown in check. Yeah, and I don't. I really don't expect us to hold him to one catch for 21 yards. No. That's asking a lot. But, but I will say this. I mean, as long as it, my my thing with the defense, just keeping guys out of the end zone. As long as you're not giving up 70 yard touchdowns or 50 yard touchdowns, 
you know, you can fight through it and force field goals. And they don't have a great field goal kicker, as we saw in the last game. So, um, you know, A.J. Brown's going to make plays. He's a great receiver. I, he's one of my favorite receivers in, in, in the league, honestly. And uh, love them coming out of Ole Miss. I hate ha- that, that we have to see him twice a year. But, uh, yeah, I mean, as long as we can just keep him in check, not allow big plays, play our techniques. You know, our corners really have to be focused on their technique and not get caught up in holding and grabbing and all that. I really think we should be fine. We have a defense that's kind of set up to take away those type of guys, not give up big plays. So I would expect that we we should see a similar result. But if we don't, the game might have a different result. So we definitely got to hold serve on that and and just keep A.J. Brown and their big-time playmakers in check. And finally, key number three, you just said you have to keep A.J. Brown out of the end zone. You have to keep all these guys out of the end zone. And we did it last time. have to do it again this time. Keep Derrick Henry out of the end zone. He had 19 carries for 103 yards and zero touchdowns when we played them the last time. Have to do the same thing. Keep him out of the end zone. Yeah, he has 100 yards. Everything he did and everything that Titans offense did in the second half resulted in a whopping zero points. That's the goal, and that's the goal in this game. So Henry's going to get his yards. Of course, you want to contain him. You want to hold him under 100 yards, ideally. But most importantly, holding Henry and the Titans offense out of the end zone. Yeah, and this is my favorite thing about the Indy media. You know, they love to, they, they, they love to point out how he's run for 100 yards uh, four times against us or whatever it's been, but they never point out that we're 4-1 and one against them. Derrick Henry is a great running back, and honestly, he's very difficult to stop. We all know this. For me, I am less inclined to care about the yards, and the reason why is yards don't beat you. Points do. So keeping guys like Henry and A.J. Brown out of the end zone, obviously, in a game that's defined by points, is much more important. So keeping Henry out of the end zone, if, if he runs for 75 yards but scores three touchdowns, then that's a problem. And that, holding him under 100 yards doesn't mean anything if you give up three touchdowns. So I'd much rather him run for 120 yards and have no touchdowns than run for 75 yards and have three yep. because points are what matters. So the key to this game, obviously, is keeping him out of the end zone. He's going to get his yards. He's too good not to. And we have a great defense. But good running backs get their yards, and he's a great running back, and he's tough to tackle. So I would expect him to have a, you know, a Derrick Henry day. We just got to keep him out of the end zone. If we do that, we have a great chance to win. Yeah, and since hiring Eberflus, we've given up 100 yards to Henry in four out of the five games. We've also won four out of the five games. We're 4-1 and one against the Titans over the last two and a half years, this being the final matchup of this year, completing the third season series since hiring Matt Eberflus. So Henry's had his way in terms of rushing yards, and he did score one touchdown in each game last year. We lost that second game last year, but we kept him out of the end zone last time we played him a couple weeks back. If we could do it again in this game, I think – that again, we could go on and win this game. And although he's run for 100 plus in four out of five games, the Colts won four out of five games. And that's the ultimate goal to win this game and kind of really take over the driver's seat, even though we've been in it now for two weeks of the AFC South. And then the one major improvement we need to see keys one through three, we just have to hold serve, limit the big plays, must keep AJ Brown in check, and then keep Henry out of the end zone hold serve the one major improvement force a turnover last time we played them there wasn't a turnover in the game we did not turn the ball over we also did not force a turnover one of those 
needs to be repeated. The other one needs to change. We need to force a turnover coming off a four turnover game against the Packers where we were forcing fumbles. We picked off Aaron Rodgers. We have to do the same in this game and find a way to create a turnover defensively. Absolutely, and I really think this is a game the Colts defense could do it, as crazy as that sounds, because of the injuries to the Titans' offensive line. Also, this time we have Teray, and he's, you know, I think he's going to get better as he plays. So what I'm saying is the key to forcing them into turnovers is pressuring Tannehill. If we can get pressure on Tannehill consistently, I think we can force some turnovers. If we take away their ability to run or we put them in a huge hole, with a deficit, I think you could see the game turn on a pick or a sack force fumble, something like that, and that'll change the game. That type of stuff changes the game. We saw it against Green Bay. Even though we didn't do a lot with it, those two field goals basically won us the game. So I expect the Colts to come out and be really aggressive uh, with their pass rush against, against their ba- backup tackles. And, you know, in the middle, I expect Grover, you know, to, to pressure the pocket. And I think the key to the turnovers all starts with that consistent pressure. We didn't get it too much in the first game, which was which was odd to me. But they also didn't have as many injuries, and we, you know, it just was one of those games where they didn't throw that much, and we and our offense was on the field with with possession of the ball most of the game. So for me, the main thing that we need to concentrate on as fans and as a team is just con- getting that constant pressure on Tannehill. You remember. The second game, unfortunately, last year we didn't win, but I think we had five or six sacks in that game. So that's the type of pressure we really need to get on him in this game. And if we do, I think we'll have a great chance to win, man. I agree. And then last but not least, we normally don't do keys to the game for special teams, but you also don't see one special team unit totally dominate another special teams unit like we saw in Week 10 on Thursday Night Football. So the key on special teams – to hold serve, continue to just basically outplay them, to play consistent, and to put pressure on their punter and that pump block unit getting after and having EJ Speed and all these guys put pressure on the punter. And it's funny because last year when we lost that second matchup with the Titans, we lost on a blocked field goal, getting a field goal blocked. And then when we beat them two weeks ago in Week 10, it was our special teams unit that was manhandling them in pretty much every facet, including forcing pressure that led to a shanked punt that put the Colts in great field positioning offensively for the comeback, and then the pump block by EJ Speed, return for a touchdown by TJ Carey. So just continue to outplay them on special teams. Let's see that carryover, not just from two weeks ago, but also last week, special teams was really good again against the Packers. Yeah, our special teams have been outstanding all year, Luke. Really, the only game we really had a bad game was the Detroit game. Other than that, we've dominated almost every team in the special teams department. And you, you pointed out, I mean, last week it was huge. The first game against Tennessee, that block punt changed the game. We have a huge advantage here, and we have to take you know we have to take advantage of. It. We've got a better kicker. Our punter's as good as anybody in the league. Our coverage units are great. We really need to take advantage of that. We can pressure this team. We can get to their punter. Their kicker's not been great. I think our biggest advantage in this game, because of not, you know, not having DeForest and not having Oka and those guys out there, you know, I think our biggest advantage, honestly, in this game is special teams. So I expect our guys to come out, with, you know, special teams wise, and just play like they always do: play their ass off, play hard, make plays. You know, don't do anything stupid, and and just do what they do, which is usually dominate. So I, I love our special teams matchup in this game, and uh, I think. 
you know, that's our big, honestly, I think that's our biggest advantage, and I expect them to play well. Yep, and our improvement defensively from round one to round two with the Titans is we must force a turnover. Last week, one of our four turnovers against the Packers was forced on special teams. So that's a defensive key, but that could be taken by special teams where we talked about it last week. Sometimes the defense has to pick up the offense. Sometimes the offense has to pick up the defense. Sometimes special teams has to pick up both. And who knows, maybe that major key, that improvement from week 10 to week 12 could be by special teams forcing a turnover or just creating a huge spark play like the EJ Speed block punt. And you know what time it is, Jason. It's time for our For the Culture Week 12 predictions. Well, Luke, you know, I've said a lot of really positive things about the Colts, and I feel really good about, you know, the things that I've said. But everyone knows, you know, I just – I just I don't pick them. It just can't be done. So I'm going to take the Titans in this game by six for no other reason than them's the rules. And the football gods are listening. I am going to pick our Indianapolis Colts. 28-7 and seven against the Tennessee Titans since 2002, the creation of the AFC South. We are 28-7, and seven, so on average we are 4-1 and one per five games against the Titans. Frank Reich against Mike Vrabel, 4-1. and one. So Frank Reich has fit right into that 4 out of 5 ratio that we've held over the Tennessee Titans since back in 2000, over the Tennessee Titans since back in 2002. When the division was created and we came over from the AFC East. So I like the history of this matchup. I like the recent history of this matchup. And four out of our last five under Frank Reich. I like that with Eberflus coaching the defense. I like that. Phillip Rivers, eight and two lifetime against the Titans. Peyton Manning, you go back. Peyton Manning, 14 and five. Andrew Luck, 11 and 0. Now Phillip Rivers, 1 and 0 in Indianapolis, eight and two overall. So I like the history against this team. We are the big brother. And now the little brother is coming into our house after we went into their house and we beat them a couple weeks back. In Nashville. Love the city of Nashville. Like I said on the other game preview, I went there in January. It was awesome. Food was great. Chicken and waffles out of this world. I believe we are the better football team. I believe even without DeForest Buckner and a couple of the guys we're going to be missing in this game, the Colts protect our house. The Colts find a way to win this game. I'm going to say Colts, and I'm going to put us back in the 30s. We've scored 30 points in four out of our last five. I think we do it again. I'm going to go 31. 24 Colts by a touchdown over the Titans at home in the one o'clock game. It's a shame, Jason. It's a shame that this is a one o'clock game on Sunday because you have a five and five Bears team playing on Sunday night football, but it's a rough week to be flexed because at 425, you have Brady and Mahomes. You know the NFL is not moving that game. On Sunday night football, you have Aaron Rodgers. So you knew neither game would get flexed. This is essentially this could be viewed as an AFC South division championship game because the winner of this game will be in the driver's seat coming down the home stretch for the AFC South and it's going to be played at one o'clock on CBS so the ratings aren't going to be great and our ratings versus the Packers last week were fantastic second highest rated game of the year after week one 
Bucks, Saints. You have Breeze versus Brady. That game was nationally televised on Sunday Night Football. Our game wasn't even, the entire country didn't even see our game. Our game wasn't being played in Texas and a bunch of states in the Midwest. But in this game, you have a one o'clock kick between two teams battling it out for the AFC South. So it sucks it's a one o'clock game. I like the Colts' chances. I'm taking the Colts in this game. Should be a good one. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it sucks because it's two seven and three teams. It's a really good matchup. It's division rival. It's, I mean, all, all the reasons that, that everyone knows for why this should probably be a more popular game. Well, you know, we just don't have the, I guess, the popular names or the, the history of these other guys. So it is what it is. I'm happy I'm getting it in Maryland. Thank God. I was afraid. For, for the beginning of the week, they had the Jacksonville-Cleveland game listed, and I about lost my mind because I don't think anyone literally outside of Cleveland wants to see that game, uh, not even Jacksonville fans. So, <laughs> But they switched it over to, uh, to Titans-Colts, so I'm very thankful this Thanksgiving that I'm about to get my fourth straight Colts game, and that's going to be great, and I'm excited about it. And I, I just think it's going to be a great matchup. I love watching the Colts and the Titans generally because the Colts always win. I hope that's the case again. I think Flus, my last thought on the game, I think Flus is going to come out with a with an interesting game plan. I think he's going to do something we haven't seen. I don't know what that's going to be. Just call it a gut feeling with the injuries that we have. I think we're going to see some interesting stuff in this game from our defensive coordinator. Yeah, man, I agree. I'm pumped up. I'm excited. This is a big game for the Colts. This is a huge game for the Colts. Let's go out. Let's sweep the tie-ins. Let's improve to 8-3. and three. That's a nice record. 8-3 and three is a really, really nice record. you got to feel good about yourself if you're sitting pretty at 8-3. and three. Let's go out and let's take control of a division we haven't won since 2014. That's a long time ago. Think about what you were doing, where you were in 2014 this is a division we won year in and year out in the 2000s then Andrew Luck comes in we win it in 2013 we win it in 2014 at that time it was a crappy division 6-0 both years in the AFC South 500 football outside the AFC South as Chuck Pagano and Ryan Grigson as Chuck Pagano and Ryan Grigson rode a hot young quarterback in a dog you know what division for a couple of years 12 and 0 in the AFC South 10 and 10 outside the AFC South in 13 and 14 this year we've seen some big wins outside the division sweeping our NFC schedule sweeping the NFC North this year beating Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers so I'm feeling good Jason I can't wait to rock and roll on Sunday that's my man Jason Spears I'm your host Luke Diamond guys enjoy the game on Sunday should be a good one we know it's a big one and we'll be back on Sunday night to wrap it up right here on the For the Culture Podcast <laughs>